Spring football is over for the Florida Gators. What do we know about the quarterback situation as it stands? We're going to get into that here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Monday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. And yeah, we've got the biggest storyline for the Florida Gators from the end of 2022 until still now, and it will be the biggest storyline until August 31st in Utah. Quarterback for the Florida Gators. Um, In the midst of a quarterback battle, quarterback war, whatever you want to call it, Graham Mertz, the Wisconsin transfer, three-year starter from Wisconsin, and Jack Miller the third, the quarterback from Ohio State, who did not play at Ohio State, played one game last year, uh, and is now competing for the starting spot again. But focusing on Graham Mertz first, statistically, not a bad game, right? 18 for 29 passing, 244 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, it's nothing spectacular but i think most of us would accept a 62.1 percent uh completion percentage compared to just what we've seen in recent years uh so having graham mertz there improving especially given the pressure he was under i think that when you do look at what did graham mertz do well compared to what did jack miller do well and again this segment we're going to focus more on graham mertz i think graham mertz made the bigger adjustments from first quarter to second, first half to second. And I had spoke about this on Thursday night after when we went live. And I spoke about how for Graham Mertz, it became in the first quarter and the first half, he was doing a pretty solid job of evading pressure. We'll say Uh, the sack numbers are horrible. We know that, but also it's important to remember when you when it came to the quarterback, it was like one hand touch and you're down. So he would step up into the pocket and all it takes is a defender going like that and reaching over and getting a hand on him and, and completely evading. Like the first play, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure it was the first play, the Montreal Johnson touchdown that got called back immediately. Um, Graham Mertz evaded pressure, stepped up, threw it to the flat, and Montreal Johnson went running. And it was a great play. And if this was a situation where it's a normal game, that's a huge play on the ground. Like, that's a huge play uh, with a little catch and run. But it was a huge play. And Graham Mertz made that play by evading pressure, extending the play, and going through that completion. Of course, it was eventually, again, called back with that one-hand touch, which you, you have to hate for a spring game. But obviously, I'd rather one-hand touch and lose big plays like that in a spring game as opposed to watching our quarterback get lit up. 
Um, so yes, th- he did a good job of evading pressure as good as you can do. And then second quarter, second half, Grammar started focusing more on, okay, I'm going to roll out a little bit and I'm going to ch- swing it out wide, or I'm just going to swing it out wide early. Cause again, it's one hand touch. So I think that Grammar did a great job of making that adjustment and identifying, Hey, okay, they're, they're bringing pressure, whether they're blitzing or not, they're creating pressure. I need to get rid of the ball, so I'm not just sacked, 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 sacked the entire day. So Graham Mertz did a great job of that. His touchdown pass to Khalil Jackson was a fantastic play, and I know that that sounds kind of stupid because you go, duh, they scored a touchdown on it. That instantly makes it a pretty good play. Um, yes, however, I'm talking about just the process to get there because prior to that snap, Scooby Williams, who's playing off-ball linebacker, he was in the middle there. He was, in fact, on the right side of Graham Mertz, where Khalil Jackson was the slot on the right side. So Scooby Williams starts creeping up slowly and slightly, starts creeping towards the line of scrimmage. They snap the ball, and this is a snap that actually got to the quarterback cleanly, which was amazing. Um, But they snap the ball, Graham Mertz catches it, Scooby Williams rushing the passer. Scooby Williams rushes the passer. That means that even if there's someone that's supposed to be covering that zone, briefly, there's going to be an opening there. So, Scooby Williams rushes the passer. Khalil Jackson's running the slant. Graham Mertz takes a snap, quickly gets rid of it, and that's what I love. That he saw, oh, that linebacker's blitzing. I have a slant. I need to get rid of the ball quickly. And also throwing it not in traffic, but with the offensive line right in front of you, because that was a shallow slant too. It's not like this was, you know, eight yards downfield, like immediately when he was throwing the ball. So this was a great play by Graham Mertz. It was quick to diagnose, hey, there's a blitz. They're already generating pressure. Let me get rid of the ball. Made a fantastic play. Overall, I think that Gators fans, myself included, were just frustrated that there wasn't, you know, amazing quarterback play. A lot of that, again, due to the offensive line, which which sucked on both sides. So the offensive line kind of killed both passing attacks. But Graham Mertz made quick decisions, smart decisions. And the sacks, obviously, are going to look bad. But when you watch the tape, you see, okay, he's doing a pretty solid job of stepping up into the pocket and extending plays, where we know Graham Mertz is generally thought of as, hey, statue is what i see in the youtube comments all the time which say what you will about that but i i disagree he's a statue he's not athletic but he's definitely not a statue um so it, it was nice to see him kind of step up and create plays like that because that's what you have to do when you're thought of as a pocket passer you can't anthony richardson it and just outrun everybody you have to step up and extend the play and keep your eyes downfield and i think grammar did a pretty good job of that accuracy wise wasn't stellar but wasn't awful. I mean, I would say the same thing for decision-making. I think he was the more accurate passer just more consistently, but also that should have been expected, right? Graham Mertz was the favorite going into this. Graham Mertz probably left as the favorite. Whether or not you're comfortable with that is another story. But Graham Mertz came in as the favorite, probably left as a favorite. And I think kind of performed how expected if not a tiny bit better 
because of what he did in the pocket. Then to the flip side, there's Jack Miller III, who we'll talk about in just a second. But first, the NBA playoffs are here. I've already made money on both the play-in and the playoffs, so I'm happy with it. Thanks to our uh, FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook hour, or my favorite sponsor at least, and don't don't tell the others that I said that. But new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Jaron Jackson, I had his points at over 30 and a half. I'd set that at halftime when he had 19. He had a very rough next like 15 minutes, but the fourth quarter decided to go off. Finished with 31. Thank you very much. So thank you, Jaron Jackson, for that one. Don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free reviews in the podcast. I'll also take this moment to remind you, like, subscribe, comment, review, do whatever it is you want to do. Link to the Lockdown Gators uh, Discord is in the description below. I I don't know why I fumbled through that word or through that sentence. I'm just, I'm killing it right now. Um, But Jack Miller III, talking about his performance statistically, which, again, Everybody knows how I feel about statistically take it with a grain of salt, but 10 for 20, 144 yards and a touchdown. His touchdown wasn't okay. It was impressive on the field, but what was more impressive was after the game when he started talking about it and it was in the back of the end zone and in the post game press conference, he was talking about it and he was just like, yeah, look, um, I, I saw that play in the scrimmage we had. Like I've seen that play break down the way that it broke down before. So I knew that if I just spent time to look for that, it would be there eventually. So that was a fantastic play. Like when he broke it down the way he did, chef's kiss that. Cause that's beautiful. That's what you want from a quarterback, right? You want the quarterback to go, Hey, I get it. It's against your own team, but you want the quarterback to go, Hey, I noticed this before in a scrimmage. And so when we were in this spring game, I was looking for that. It happened again, and I delivered this time. And I'm pretty sure he said in the scrimmage he missed it. Um, So I'm glad to see he got it this time. I will say that I know in the last segment I said Graham Mertz was more accurate, I think, more consistently accurate. However, it was abundantly clear from the start that in this game, Jack Miller III was willing able and looking to throw the ball deep and push the ball downfield more consistently compared to Graham Mertz. I mean, you look, I I believe it was their first play from scrimmage. He threw the bomb to Aiden Mizell, which uh, defensive penalty on it, but still great play from Jack Miller to just, or not even great play to, to make that throw, but you love the confidence to watch Jack Miller, the third make that throw or attempt to make that throw. And he did it pretty consistently throughout the game was pushing the ball downfield. However, to me, accuracy wasn't amazing. He did have some great plays, like the touchdown drive for him was, uh, I think it was like 12 plays, 84 yards. It was a great, it was a great drive for him. He orchestrated that. So that was awesome to see. Again, pushing the ball downfield multiple times was something nice to see because it wasn't necessarily working but he was still going back to the well with it and he wasn't turning the ball over doing it. So for me, that's a big plus, right? 
I will also say that what Jack Miller III was able to do with his legs, again, this is one of those things where I'm going to say was able to do, but take it with a grain of salt, because of course it was one hand touch. So, well, full of quarterbacks. So that part wasn't great. And that part I know from, uh, from we'll say an entertainment value sucks, but I'd also rather see that and have it not be as entertaining, but also have, I don't know, healthy quarterbacks going into the season. So I did like what Jack Miller showed with his mobility. I wish that he had an opportunity to show a little bit, you know, two hand touch something. Um, but yeah, I, I think what he showed was pretty good mobility wise. Again, I think he looked different from the bowl game when it came to running the football. I think that in, in this spring game, as compared to the bowl game, I think he looked more comfortable in the pocket and more comfortable as a passer and I think that was important because, like I said in the bowl game, that I think he tried to run too much. He was looking to run too much. And here he kind of looks like he settled down a little bit. Even with all the pressure coming in, he looked like he settled down a little bit. And he was like, okay, I need to throw the football if we're going to win this game and if I'm going to perform well. I don't think Jack Miller played a great game. I don't think either quarterback played a great game. I think Graham Mertz played a better game than Jack Miller the third, but I don't think either of them had a great game. So, yeah, I don't think either of them played a great game. And I know that what I'm about to say is kind of a, well, duh, it couldn't get worse. But I think that Jack Miller uh, progressed and improved from the bowl game just overall. Again, more confident as a passer, more comfortable in the pocket, was more willing to endure pressure and not just like in, in the sprint, in the bowl game, he was just, okay, I'm snapping the ball. And I'm kind of looking to run because I feel like pressure is going to come in. He looked way more comfortable this spring game. Also the willingness to take more deep shots. If I'm not mistaken in the bowl game, he had one pass attempt that went 20 plus yards downfield. I don't have the PFF numbers for the spring game, but if I'm not mistaken off the top of my head, he had at least, three or four of his 20 pass attempts were deep downfield. So it was great to see him be more comfortable, push the ball downfield. And, you know, maybe this is one of those things where bowl game was bad for him. Obviously he wasn't set up for success in any way, shape or form in the bowl game, but maybe it was truly an outlier of that was a bad game. That was not something that you're going to see for me frequently. And Jack Miller, I think, I don't know if I'm willing to say that he did enough for me to say in the bowl game, in the spring game that I'm like, yeah, he's right there with Graham Mertz because I just think Graham Mertz did a better job overall. I think they did kind of similar things, but you know, Jack Miller is more mobile, less accurate and Graham Mertz is more accurate, less mobile. And if I'm talking about a quarterback and there's a slight difference between them, I'm going to take the more accurate one probably. Just that's just probably me. So Jack Miller, you know, didn't light the world on fire. He didn't go crazy, but he looked significantly improved from his bowl game. I think that, you know, I'd prefer Graham Mertz starts. I think Graham Mertz played a better football game in the spring game. However, I don't hate the idea of it being Jack Miller the third. So there's that. Uh, I think that he operated the offense kind of well. He got better, obviously, when he came in with the starters. That's an important part, too, when talking about, you know, the stats, the completion percentages and all that stuff is 
that this is with half your game you played with the starters, half your game you played with the backups. So obviously it wasn't necessarily um, consistent throughout where in, in a normal football game, you're going to have your starters play the entire game. And so it wasn't consistent throughout. So that's another reason stats are a little hard to, to uh, account for. But I think Jack Miller overall played a game that I was comfortable with. Again, my bigger thing is the offensive line. It's, I, I've said the quote before, quarterback can't see with tears in his eyes. That's what Jack Miller and Graham Mertz had to deal with, was maybe not necessarily tears of fear, but tears of just, damn, that hurt. Um, obviously, we'll say emotionally, not physically, since it's one-hand touch. But you had to kind of deal with that. And I think that, that also played a part in it as well as it being one hand touch, both these quarterbacks had to at a certain point go, okay, I've got to get rid of this ball because it's one hand touch. So they touch me like that. And I have to, I have to get rid of the ball. It's not even like, Oh, you could throw while you're getting hit because you just get sacked real quick. So I think that was an important part to acknowledge that they both kind of had to speed up their process and they both played solidly, you know, that, so that's why grammar Jack Miller, I think Grammar's played a better game, but I don't think either of them played a great game or a bad game. I think they were both average to above average, given the circumstances, you know, starting offensive linemen hurt, uh, just defense blitzing more than you thought they would in a spring game, although they still didn't blitz that much. They just brought pressure in different ways, and that's what Austin Armstrong is going to do. But now talking about where do you go from here, at quarterback, and I don't mean with Graham Mertz or Jack Miller. I mean, Max Brown, what did he do in the spring game? His very limited attempts, well, barely played. And I think that it was great to, I think it was a great opportunity for him to show, I'm going to have very limited snaps. Let me put something out there that that kind of pops and kind of wows. And he did. Um, I, I, know I, I tweeted it where I was like, yeah, I know he's got a lot of room to grow but he has a live arm and someone like replied to me thinking I was saying he should be quarterback one. Um, no, Max Brown should not be quarterback one. However, I do think that Max Brown played in the very limited, very, 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 very limited snaps. I think he showed promise or flashes, whatever you want to call it. He did. Yeah. He showed off a lot the live arm. We know he's an athlete as it was. He's got a pretty quick release, which, was something that was nice to see very, very clean release. Um, I'm not going to say he's got great mechanics. Gets again, such a small sample size of mechanics are about consistency, but Max Brown live arm. Congratulations. You're going to be here. You're probably going to be in the battle next year. Hopefully going to be in the battle next year, but perhaps the bigger talking point from the spring game, as far as not Graham Mertz, not Jack Miller, who else are we going to talk about? was Billy Napier in the post-game press conference saying that, yes, the the, uh, the process is underway to add another quarterback to the room for 2023. And I know that I, I saw tweets and comments and, and everything about, well, and, and Discord messages about, well, what, what do you think about this? Um, nothing. We knew that that was going to happen. The plan all along was to add another quarterback to the room. That was always the plan to add another scholarship quarterback to the room. 
because you don't have Jaden Rashada. <laughs> and, and if you had Jaden Rashada, you're probably not looking to add another quarterback to the room right now, but you don't have Jaden Rashada. So you're looking to add another quarterback to the room. And so of course, a lot of people then went portal. And here's the issue that I have with using the transfer portal right now, because the people that you're going to see in the transfer portal, since it's open again, uh, you're going to see if they're quarterbacks, quarterbacks who lost the starting quarterback battle at whatever school they were at, meaning they're probably not an ideal starting quarterback candidate, right? And they're probably not going to pick up this entire playbook in the next couple of months to start. So your starting quarterback is almost definitely on your roster right now. Your starting quarterback for 2023 is almost definitely on your roster right now. So if you're looking at the portal, you're probably not adding a starter quality quarterback right now, or at least not a 2023 starter quality quarterback. So you're probably not finding that in the portal. Do you add a young guy who you can say, or if you're looking in the portal, do you add a young player who, you know, he was a bench warmer for two years or the backup for two years, didn't really play. He's willing to sit for another year if he has to. And, and as long as he gets a spot in the competition for next year, he's cool with it. You could look at that. I don't know how many high ceiling guys there are going to be. And if you're looking for a young guy that you're going to sit for a year, probably going to need to be a high ceiling guy. So I would think that portal, you're not getting a starter. At best, you're getting a backup. Okay. The other way that you can say, is Billy Napier going to add to the quarterback room with the scholarship QB? the guy who committed like 10 days ago in Austin Simmons, where the 2025 quarterback that could reclassify to 2023 if he'd like to. And that was even the thing when he was committing was rumor has it Florida wants him to reclassify to 2023. He has the credits to do it now. If he stays until 2025, he'll be pursuing his PhD while he's playing for the football team here in 2025 as a freshman. So Austin Simmons could be the guy. And I wouldn't do it if I was Billy Napier, just because I, I same reason that I was talking about the portal. He's not going to pick up the playbook. I don't care how smart he is. He's not going to pick up the playbook and be able to start and command this offense by the time August 31st rolls around. Billy Napier has frequently said, in order to be the starting quarterback here, you need to win over the coaching staff. You need to win over the rest of the roster, the quarterback room. You need to win over everybody. I, I don't think it's possible to do that in such a short amount of time from now until August 31st. I don't think that's possible. So I don't know if Austin Simmons can do that. I don't think that's going to happen. He's probably going to need to get up to just college speed in general. Is he going to be able to start this year? Almost definitely no. Then you've got him burning his redshirt year as a backup to come in and compete for the starting spot with DJ Lagway next year, in which case I I get it, but I'm also like, I'd, I'd rather have blue chip QB for 2024, blue chip QB for 2025 locked away rather than burn Austin Simmons' redshirt this year to maybe have him in the starting quarterback battle for 2024 and to maybe have him play a little bit this year. I, 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 that's why I'm against it, but I'm not like, I hate it. It's just not something I would personally do. Um, 
But again, those guys get paid a heck of a lot more than I do. So listen to them probably more, right? Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.